right, all right. What's happening? What's happening, everybody? Uh, click here. Anytime to view posts. What's going on? Welcome, 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 welcome to Sunday School. How is everybody doing today? I hope you're doing fantastic. Um, you know, we're just making stuff happen. We got all this, I got all this newfangled stuff going on here. Uh, technologically speaking. So what's going on, fam? What's happening? How is everybody doing today? Uh, I hope you're doing well. I, I, I think you're doing great. Uh, let's see here. I want to hear from y'all, you know, so whatever you got, you know, happening, uh, whatever's going on in your world today, you know, let me know, let me know what's up, you know, tell me how your real estate business is going. Tell me. Uh, oh, what's going on here? Tell me how everything is going. Listen, I've gotten a lot of uh, calls, a lot of messages. I get them all the time, you know. And, I'm, and excuse me for a little, little off here. I'm just trying to get uh, everything handled, seen. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hey, 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 hey. What's up? What's up, Cassandra? All right. We're going to get to it now. All right. So we have been talking a lot lately about creative financing subject to what people can do, how they can do it. And and let, let me say this, you guys, if you have comments, questions, something that you want to be specific about, you want to ask about it, make sure you leave it in the comments. So, cause I'm looking at the comments here. I want to know what's, uh, what's going on with you. What kind of questions you have as it pertains to this today, you know, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to break this down actually over, um, three different Sunday schools, because I want to make sure that you're getting exactly what it is you need, right? We're going to talk about how to talk to people on the phone. What do you say? How do you, what do you say in the beginning? How do you get that going? You know, what do you say in the middle? How do you explain what it is you want to do? And how do you close that thing out? Now we can do it all in a call. We can do it all in an hour, but I don't think that all of the questions and all of the, all of the little things that really go on inside that conversation are going to be handled in in one session in one hour i can definitely talk about it i can definitely share with you what that looks like and sounds like and i am going to i'm going to give you a little example of a call that we uh that i did for uh, one of our uh, members right and they can go in a lot of different ways how many of you hey hey uh okay all right thanks i, I like that i like to see people bringing people. I ask people to invite people all the time. So so thank you, uh, Cassandra. So we're gonna just kind of get into it. What is it that happens 
when your telephone rings. And this happens in a couple different ways for different people, right? Depending on how you run your business. You may have um, cold callers, you know, some VAs that are cold calling for you. You may be calling yourself, right? So there's you might be doing some marketing that's having inbound calls coming in. So there's a few different ways that we're going to start this off. And I think it's important that you know how to do this regardless of where you are, right? Whether it's you making the calls or you having someone make the initial calls for you, it is imperative that you understand how you get into this front side. Because I'm sure you've watched, uh, let's see, uh, real estate, Ken from Long Island. Hey, Ken, welcome. I'm sure that you have watched people, other people in their videos and talking to different sellers about different things. And there's really, it seems like it's seamless. Well, it does because we've been doing this forever, right? And we understand where it is where we're going and what it is we want to do. So in knowing uh, that that's the case, we want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're able to I don't know. So you're, you're able to kind of navigate your way through those things, right? So the very first thing that you're doing when the phone rings or you're calling, let's say you're cold calling, right? You haven't spoken to this person. You don't even know if they're interested in selling the house yet, but you're calling them and you're going to say, Hey, can I speak to Mr. or Mrs. Johnson? That's what you're going to do. But you don't, you don't want to sound like a bill collector, right? And so many people are robotic and they're scripted. You want to be you, authentically you. Hey, can I speak to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson? You know, whoever it is you're calling. And they say, hey, this is he or she. Hey, great, this is Miles with Bold Real Estate or, you know, ABC LLC. I'm giving you a call today about your property at 123 Main Street. I see that you've had it for a while. It depends on the list. It depends on the point that you're, you know, maybe you're calling tired landlords. Maybe you're doing pre-foreclosures. I mean, whoever it is you're calling, you can say, you know, I see that you've had this property for 13 years, or I, I see that uh, this property is going up for foreclosure, you know, and I'd like to give you a, you know, have a conversation with you about selling the home. That's how I come off, right? Now, when I'm doing my cold calling, so you want to immediately go into, when you are the one making the initial contact, you want to make sure that you are going right in to say, here's how we can, what we're here to do, what we can offer you. If it's a pre-foreclosure, we have an eight-step process or, or, or an eight-option system that you could utilize. And I'd like to go over that with you, and it's free. And if they say yes, which more than likely they will if you get them on the phone and they're in that situation. You can start that process right now, depending on how you do it. Uh, how I do it is I say, okay, great. This will take about 15 or 20 minutes just to kind of go through this. And at the end, uh, we'll set up a, another time to talk. Maybe I can walk through the house. You can give me some video or whatever the case, right? And they, they say, look, I don't have 15 minutes right now. I'm immediately setting up a, a time, an appointment with them right then and there, right? Or I'm going to go over very briefly what it is. They might say, look, I don't have 15 minutes. I got like five minutes before I need to be where I need to be. And then I'll go over these eight points and then set up a, a time to talk again, another appointment. Now we're in the game, right? So that's how you approach it when you're 
just the, the first point of contact. Now, if you have VAs, your VAs are going to call, depending on how you're training them, your VAs are going to call and they're going to be that initial point of contact. They're going to set an appointment for you and another time for you to call them back and talk about it. They've already expressed interest generally in selling the home. They, um, your VA would have asked if there are any issues going on with it. Maybe you have them um, send in video or photos of the property, whatever your process is. When it comes back to you and it's time for you to call, you know, John or Jane Doe, you're going to call them and you're going to say something to the effect of this. Hey, uh, Mr. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, this is Miles. We had an appointment to talk today. How are you? Right. And you're just going to start talking to them about them. You're going to start building rapport. You don't want to go, even though you know right away that, um, you know, they're interested in selling the house, but you want to learn about them. You want to know a bunch of things, right? About the house. You want to know about all of that. And a, if, I'm, you know, a lot of people are just really robotic in this, they get on the call and they're okay, great. Um, I see it's a four bedroom, two bathroom and, uh, it needs work. It needs a new roof. And, uh, you've recently painted it. Um, or was it your main property or was it a rental property? You know, all right, and, and I see, you know, you wanted to sell it. Do you have an idea of the price that you'd want for them? I mean, they get right into the robotics of it. And for some people that works, but you have to be able to feel the flow of the conversation that you're having, right? And I'm going to, again, uh, here in just a minute, I'm going to share with you what that looks like for me, okay? Uh, or in one, in one scenario, anyway. <laughs> Let me just say it that way. So... Now you're having a conversation with them and you're saying, hey, listen, you know, I know that you spoke with uh, my assistant. Uh, they gave me all this information, but I just kind of want to verify it. I feel like there's a few things that were missing, right? But I like to go in and have the rapport building session first. So let me give you an idea of what that actually sounds like, right? I'm going to play a video for you here. Uh, just and we're not going to go through the entirety of this video. We're just going to talk about a couple key points. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Mr. Miller, Arthur Miller. Can you hear me, Arthur? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, Arthur. This is Jason Miles. We had an appointment to talk uh, right around now. I know you're. You're in uh, Georgia too, right? Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. We're gonna. Um, uh, did you live in Illinois before in St. Louis? You from there? Yes, yes, I'm from there. Oh, okay, okay. How long you been down here? About two years. Okay. What part of the city you live in? I'm down in Fayetteville. Okay, south south of the city. That's a that's a little bit of a, of a difference between. Uh, Fayetteville and East St. Louis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big difference. A big difference. <laughs> I'd say it's a little slower, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I like it though. You know, it got it's, it got you got everything. You got all your enemies. Yeah, enemies. that's for sure. And you, you got the and you got all those uh, movie studios down there. Yeah, yeah, it's nice down here. Yeah. What do you do if you don't mind me asking? I'm a truck driver. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to change, just to change the scenery. Yeah, yeah, me and my wife have been talking about it for 
you know, years before, then we had finally got the chance to do it. We said, come on, let's go. That's right. The bags and, things, and we've been here since. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Well, well, welcome. Welcome to uh, Atlanta Metropolitan Area. <laughs> and all the traffic that it can uh, afford you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At least you're not in L.A. That's the only place that's worse. That's worse. Yeah, L.A. is worse? Yeah, specifically the 405. But, yeah, it's it's a parking lot pretty much 20 hours a day. 20 hours a day, you just out there in traffic. And then I heard them movies. I knew one other truck driver I knew. He said he literally be on some highway for four, six hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, you can be on 285 that long some days, especially if you drive on okay. the weekends. You know, they, it's rough. It's rough. You know, and then going down to Florida, it's not so bad coming back on 75 in particular, but going down... Feel like everybody's going down that way, you know. So, so hey, man, uh, do, what do you like to be preferred to be called, Arthur, Art, Mister Miller? What do you like? Art, Art, Art is fine. Okay. Art, it don't matter. All right. So, tell me, uh, Art, tell me a little bit about this property. I spoke with, um, you know, my assistant, and she she didn't really tell me a lot. So, I just wanted to make sure that I could get clarity about what your situation was what the property situation is and see if we can find some way to work together all right okay see so that's where it goes right that's how we that's how we get in it we start to build rapport right you see i went into that call and i said you know how you doing what do you do i see that you're you know uh you know, living here, are you from there? Building rapport, doing everything I can to get him to talk about him and, and his situation and what he wants to do. And we're going to get into a lot, little bit more of that as we, you know, move forward. But in the very beginning of your conversation, and you'll find, again, you will find people that are, uh, that jump right into it. I mean, they literally jump right into it. And, and say, look, we can make you cash offers. Listen, they're hearing that already. Everybody's calling them and saying virtually the same thing, okay? So you have to do something to differentiate, differentiate yourself from everyone else. You do that by being a human being, okay? You do that by being personable. Being personable. If you can't be personable, you got a problem, right? Uh, and, and you'll turn a lot of people off. Of course, you're going to get people on the phone that are fast paced, right? They, they want to get through it. They want to move through it and just hurry up. They want it off the plate, whatever it is. They're just a busy, busy, fast paced person. And they don't care about the, the who's who they don't care about the rapport building and the no like, and trust it's who can buy this either the fastest or pay me the most or both, right? Who can pay me the most, the fastest. Right. Right. So you've got to uh, you'll gauge that person. I mean, if you the more you're on the phone, the more you're going to learn how to see what kind of person this is and, and how they want to move forward. Right. Or even if they want to move forward. But when you're dealing with a situation like I am, where I have my VAs calling and doing that main point, I spend the vast majority of 
of the upfront time. Sometimes it's even more. Uh, I know that Cassandra and I uh, were on a, a, a call or two where, you know, we spent probably 20 minutes just doing that part, right? I spent all of that time just getting to know the person. And then I start to ask questions. And we're going to get into that in the next one, right? But it's imperative that you build rapport first and foremost, and that you're not afraid to get on the phones, right? Because I know that a lot of people will, they'll make the calls, they'll make five or 10 calls or, and I know some of you watching this have been in a situation where you, you, you're really nervous about making those calls, but you make the calls, but you make the calls hoping no one answers. You hope they don't answer. And I know that's not everyone, but I promise you that is a very high percentage of people. They're going to do it. They're going to, you know, go through the motions of making the call because they know they have to make the call. Maybe they made an investment in an, in an education program and they're like, look, I spent, I, I spent some money on this. I better do it. But they're not really comfortable talking to people on the phone. So they're calling, hoping people don't answer the phone. You know, don't put that kind of energy out there. You want people to answer the phone. You want as many people to answer the phone as possible, right? Why? Because it's a numbers game. The more people you talk to, the more deals you're going to do. And depending on the list that you're, you're building and going through, um, you know, it's going to be imperative that you understand your KPIs or your key performance indicators, meaning how many people do I need to talk to to get an appointment and how many appointments do I have? I need to go on to actually get a deal, right? Because every every appointment that you set, you're going to make an offer. You know, that that's, I mean, you're going to make an offer, period, point blank, right? And these are calls that I'm talking about here uh, when you're calling the, the owner of the property. When you're calling the owner of the property. It's all about building rapport. You know, it, it, it even goes a little deeper. I can go deeper into it and say, listen, if you're calling real estate agents, you get to the business of it, but you still want to build rapport. You still have to let them know, you know, that you're good at what it is you do, that you've done this before and you can break it down to them exactly how it gets done. Okay. So again, I know that a lot of you are new and it doesn't matter if we're talking creative financing, wholesale, Whatever it is you're trying to do, if you're talking to a seller, you have to build rapport with them. And again, you do that by just being personable. Be a human, okay? Talk to them, gauge them, be respectful of their time. If you don't let them know that you are there to provide a service, you're there to help them, then it's just not going to work. You know, one of the most important things that I get out early in our conversation with people is that, listen, this is a deal that we have to do together. You know, we've got to be in this together. So you've got to be happy with the numbers. I've got to be happy with the numbers. And then we can go and close this thing out. But if we can't get to that, I don't want to steal from you. And I don't want to feel like, and I won't feel like I, if it's bad for me, I know I'll say no, but I want you to feel that you're not pressured to do business with me, even if you're in a pressured situation, okay? We'll do everything we can, like the people we work with in the pre-foreclosure space, you know? We'll do everything that we can 
to offer them solutions to their problem that don't require us to take it over, that don't require us to do a partnership deal or, I mean, there's a, a few different ways that that's structured or give them a cash offer that maybe they can't take or do a um, subject to in that situation, right? It really depends on where we go. Those are the three ways that we make money off of them. But the other five ways, we don't make anything really. Now, if there's enough equity and the person can list it, you know, we'll give it to one of the agents that we work with and we'll have, um, you know, we'll get 1%. We ask them to pay us, you know, 1% because we've given them the lead. We've already qualified them. They're ready to sell. We give it to a real estate agent who's going to charge them three. We ask for one. You know, it's, if you're a real estate agent and you're watching this, you know, that's kind of customary. It's kind of par for the course, especially if you're working with, you know, a Zillow or something like that, right? So we don't really stray too far from that formula. We, we're going to make something in those in that situation. I mean, if it's a $300,000 house, we'll make $3,000 for handing that off to that agent, you know? So um, we, we like that. Now, we're fair with our agents. So our agents are really good agents, and I want to stick with this because the good agents are going to hire a photographer to come in and take these. I mean, they're going to put something together. And believe me, you know, that's five or 600 bucks, right? So we take that into account when uh, we're asking them for that 1%, you know? So we're going to take basically a third of whatever their actual cost is. And you know, we just write it at, at, at um, 1% less expenses for that are, that are theirs because that's real. You know, agent is going to want to, even if you're giving them the deal, they'll take the deal, they'll take it, but... They're going to be a little apprehensive, especially when they're good and they're saying, all right, okay, it's, you know, a $300,000 house. I would typically make, you know, $9,000. i am going to give 1% to this company for giving me the deal. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to have to spend another five or $600 and even more depending on where you're at um, on doing this uh, for, uh, excuse me, photographing the house, right? It's going to cost you know, more money if they're using drones and so, so on and so forth. But you want to make sure that you're compensating them right. And then I know I got into compensation with them, but when you're working with the agents, you got to make sure you're doing that. Now, back to building rapport. You know, in this video, you've heard me talk to him about what he does, about traffic, about being in a new city. And then we kind of get into a little bit more uh, from there. And we are going to, here, let me get back to that. Let me share that with you here for a second. I got to get clarity about what your situation was, what the property situation is, and find some way to work together. All right. So it was my mother-in-law's house. So my mother-in-law, when we moved from St. Louis, her, she moved down here with us. Okay. So it was her house, so it was well maintained. You know, it was it's a, it's a pretty good house. It was well maintained. She had lived there. Uh, I'm thinking probably about 20, 30 years. Oh wow! You know, over year, she, she did the upgrades on it whenever the city came through. The county had the upgrades, so like the the furnace was upgraded. You know, other little things was upgraded. The roof was upgraded within the last 10 years or so, and like the furnace as well. So those major things like that is what a house is. 
So, you know, that stuff right there is fine. Like, but it does need to be updated and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like the floor. Like, so when we left, the floors need to be, like, I'm in the process. Like, I just want to sell it. I don't want to be a long-term uh, landlord. Right, right. I'm too far away, and it's, and it's just a single-family home. Absolutely. So, I understand that's where that. I was at. I, I don't want to be, I don't want that, because sometimes that can turn to more of a headache than a, than profit. Tell me about it. I, I can, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I definitely do. Uh, so, you said that you left there a couple, you guys left a couple of years ago. Has it, is it rented? Is it vacant? What's this family well, in I there? Just the guy, I just got the, uh, the, the guy that I had in there. He just got, he just left out of there, so it's empty now. Okay. What kind of rent were you getting over there? I was 600. Okay, so you'll, you you see there where he's telling me his story. I'm asking questions. I'm like a reporter. At least I like to think I am, right? I'm asking questions that aren't, you know, yes or no, that don't, that require you to answer the question that requires you to have some kind of dialogue. And if you remember the, this fact, this one thing, people like to talk. People like to talk about what it is uh, that they want to do or need to do or whatever the problem is. People like it. You are providing them with the platform, if you will, to talk about what their issue is, right? To be the sounding board, you know? They like that. And that is what makes you different from everyone else, from the very few people that are actually being a human on the phone. And I want you to understand something here as well, because this this call that we're listening to was, you know, we, we came up to an agreement to acquire the property on this call, but we had one call before that. This was the second time, you know, he had been, uh, uh, communicated with from our company, you know, initially from the first call from the VA, then there was me. And then we subsequently had a few calls after that. Now, you know, it, it doesn't happen so fast all the time. You have to really understand that when you pick up the phone to call someone who isn't expecting a call uh, to sell their house, maybe they're not in a a pressured situation. Maybe they're just someone who's owned the real estate for a long time. You know, you can't just jump in there and say, Hey, we're going to set, we want to buy your house. You can't just jump in there and do that. All right. They're not expecting that. So it's a, there's a courting process that goes on. We're buying houses that we talked to people three months, four months, six months ago, even longer in a couple cases, right? It is a courting period, a courting process that is the likability. That's the trustability. That's getting to know you. And they know that you're around, right? Even when they said no, you call them back in a month. They still said no. You call them back in a month, two months, whatever the case is, people's circumstances change, right? They absolutely change. So you've got to make sure that when you're talking to these people, because I don't want to give you a false sense of of reality when when you're on the phone with people when you're building rapport you may have to do that five six seven eight 
12 times before they say yes. That's why the follow-up is so important. You'll hear some people telling you, forget about the follow-up. The follow-up means absolutely nothing. Man, get away from those people. Just get away from them. I know people that are doing huge mass business, right? They're doing mass marketings. Uh, you know, they're sending out 30, 40, 50,000 mailers a month, right? They've got this these, these uh, uh, VAs that are taking in all these calls and then you've got people that sift through the deals and decide what they're going to do. Those people, some of them follow up. The vast majority of them, they don't because they don't care, right? They've got a machine that's working and, and, and it's, and, and that machine is really, uh, so glad you're uh, breaking this down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's imperative that we break this thing down, right? It's imperative that we break this thing down all the way because I see where people kind of get lost in it, right? They, they get on YouTube and they get into these calls. They listen to what other people are doing. And that's why I opened this up and said, look, it's always going to be different. It's, it's going to be different because the people have different circumstances and it's going to be different uh, if you're the first point of contact or you're the second point of contact. It's always going to be different. So you have to be aware of that. But it all starts with the rapport building. Forget about the house. Forget about the offer. It's let's get the conversation going. Let's get into, you know, a flow here where, you know, where we're feeling each other. Then we can get down to the nitty gritty. But even then, it's allowing them to share with you what's going on in their world. Okay? It's it's always up to you. And I just want to uh, share a couple of other things here real quick. I want to just kind of, let me see if I can get into this. Okay, here we go. Can y'all see that? I hope you can see that. Okay. Now we're going to talk about right now today, this is a three part as I just uh, described. We're going to talk about this, know, like, and trust today and get information. So no like and trust get information what information are we getting well we're verifying uh, the person's name okay perfect perfect we're verifying the person's name. We're um, we're verifying the, the the property address. We're verifying the bed and bath count, and we're gathering information about the person and the property through this know, like, and trust process. We're gathering information about the person and the property through this know, like, and trust process. Again, we're gathering information about the person and the property through the know, like, and trust process. I just want to be clear with you about that. Why? Because it's, again, it's allowing them to talk to you. The best salesperson says 10% of the words that are uttered in a, in, a, in a conversation or in a pitch. You say what you have to say, and then you listen. You listen. You ask probing questions, and then you listen. And then you, you, you're either taking notes or you've got a really good memory and then you throw it back on them. Okay, so you said you did this or you said you needed that. 
You, I mean, there's just so many ways that you're going to ask questions as you get good at it. And, you know, God bless you all, but you, you know, you ask for scripts and I understand why you ask for scripts, but I need you to understand that I've got scripts. If you're in the program, you already know that you get, there's one form, you know, it's a, it's called a property information sheet and there's, you know, if they say this, then you say that. If they say this, then you go ask that. But even that isn't, it's not enough for all of the options that are available to you. I'd, I'd have this huge spider web of things for you to look at uh, that you would never be able to follow <laughs> if we really wrote it down in terms of what a person could say. What might this person say at any given time? There's so many options. It's just, it, I mean, I write it down to give you a framework but I think that this is going to be a little bit better. I give you the framework, but and you have that, but it's going to be always going to be up to you to develop your own processes and the way you deal with things. Because what I'm telling you might not work for you, right? It just might not. It might not fit your personality. It might not come off well because of that. Whatever works for you is going to work for you. There's a lot of different kind of salespeople out here, right? That do it in a lot of different ways. Me, myself, I like to, uh, I hate to say it this way, but I like to finesse my way into a deal. Meaning I want, I focus on the know, like, and trust, especially when I'm doing owner finance deals. Why? Because if I'm doing owner finance deals, I'm going to be dealing with this owner for however many years uh, of, the, of our agreement, right? I mean, there have been deals that have been done that are, 20, 30, 50 years long. I mean, you're going to be communicating with this person for as long as you have that property or are under the terms of that agreement. So don't you think that it would be the right thing to do to make sure that you guys are on, you know, the same playing field, the same level, a place where that you can have good conversation with them at any given time, because you're going to talk to them all the time. So you got to build that rapport and the faster you do it, the better it is for you and them, and it, and of course, the ease of getting the deal done, okay? But it goes every, every which way. So now, okay, so that's what, we're, that's what we're talking about today. Next week, we're going to explain, we're going to talk about explaining options Oh, we got, there we go. Explaining options and making offers on the phone, right? Explaining options and making options, or excuse me, explaining options and making offers on the phone. Why is that important? Because this is it. This is what you're doing, right? Now, when I'm calling up these people, I've got the property pulled up. I've already got the comparables. I've already done my pre-work. You know, uh, if you're using whatever service you're using, I use batch leads and batch dialer. Okay. So when my team is making calls, all of the property information is popped up right there. I have them ask for pictures, any images they can get and send me before um, our call, anything at all. You know, what is the condition of the property? What's going on? If they can find out whatever they can find out. Then I take that call. 
when I'm on that call, I have that property pulled up right in front of me so I can see it all. I have all my comps, everything. If the images were there, I see everything, right? When I get into that portion of the conversation with that person, which is part, again, part of the no like, and trust, where you, 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 were, you had the banter, you know, you were bantering, you got a couple giggles going on, you know, you found some common ground, right? That you'll be able to pull forward into the conversation later. Like if things get shaky in the conversation, go to something you guys giggled about, something that you have in common and find a way to reference it so you can bring, bring that person back if they start to go off the rails, right? Because it happens. But in 100% of the, of the cases, when you go back and you find, you, you, know, you pull into this, the, this part of the conversation, the common ground that you'd already established prior, it, it's, it literally will settle that person down and bring them back. Maybe even get another giggle, right? But you know, this is just how you work with people. You have to remember the common ground and pull it back. Okay, you have to do that. So when we're talking about the uh, the property and we're getting the information about the property, you're just asking them. And you always, well, from, from the way I do it, I always say, well, you know, I know you spoke with my, uh, my assistant and they've given me some information, but I don't know if they've given me the whole story. I, don't, I, I can't really tell. So I'd like to ask you a few questions um, based on the information that I have and what I think I might not be getting. Fair enough? I always ask for permission as well. Always ask for permission. Why do you ask for permission? Well, I ask for permission because I want this person to know that I'm not controlling this conversation. I don't want them to feel that they're being handled. I want them to freely uh, offer up, divulge this information to me. I want them to freely to be comfortable in doing that. Again, know, like, and trust so you can get the info. And if they, if you do this well, you'll have so much information. And anybody that's watching this right now, anybody that's watching this right now that has been on the phone with me understands clearly how I do that, right? Well, I don't know if, you, if I can say that they understand, but I know that they've seen me in action. They've heard how this goes down and we make things happen. We're doing a deal right now, right now, putting a deal together in, um, uh, this property is in Georgia and this woman works abroad and she has a bunch of real estate, you know, from Georgia to Florida, I think in uh, DC, uh, just proper, a lot of real estate, but this is a property she wants to sell. She doesn't want to do the renovations. Uh, she, she doesn't come to Georgia as much as she used to. So she's really not interested in the property anymore. It doesn't fit into her lifestyle. It's become a liability for her. So she wants to sell it. She's in real estate. She has a price that she wants. She, you know, in my conversation with her, uh, she knew her market. She knew her market. I was looking at the information on my, um, on my screen. And she was telling me, here's, we have a property over here. We have a property over there. These are the comps. I know what these are the comps. I have a budget for what it would cost, a line item budget for what it's going to cost to do the renovations on this property, provided you do this kind of renovation. And she shared all that with me while we were on the phone. She emailed it. I pulled it up and I looked at it. Uh, she had more pictures because the, uh, the property that 
um, or the conversation that she had with my assistant, she didn't send over because the, the conversation was the next morning. So she, she did send them when we were on the phone. We were on the phone for almost two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, right? And we laughed. We made uh, uh, jokes about all kind of different things. You know, we talked seriously about um, the economic climate and the political structure, things that are going on right now and how that's affecting what she does, where she does it. She was overseas while we were, you know, having this conversation. And we talked for two and a half hours, two and a half hours. And then I made the offer, you know, well, not at the two and a half hours, but it was probably at the two hour mark, right? But we made a deal right there on the phone. Didn't need to go any further, right? She was realistic about her price. We still did some negotiating, but she was realistic about her price. Uh, I wanted to see if I could get a, get a little bit better. We agreed to meet in the middle because we weren't that far off. And the deal was done. The deal was done. I sent her the documents. You know, we're doing a deal with her and she's going to have a mail out that's going to be uh, in, in whatever country she's in. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how these things uh, uh, work, right? So it's all about building the rapport, right? Uh, and I, lastly, I want to make sure you understand where we're, where we're at for this series and how it's going to benefit you, how it's going to help you. So the last one is how to close the deal, how to close the deal on the phone. should have written this beforehand, right? There we go. How to close the deal on the phone. So, this is what our this is what our next 3 weeks looks like for Sunday school. Right now no like and trust. Um then we'll get into um explaining options and making offers on the call and how to close the deal on the phone will be the last one that we do. Now, these are just the the way it goes. Sometimes you're going to be in situations where uh, you're really close to making a deal. I mean, like, you know what your maximum allowable offer is for either, you know, either way you make it. I make multiple offers on the phone. I make cash offers and I make creative finance offers, right? It depends on the situation. But if it's a situation where it's close and I want people to know that, hey, I can get you cash but I can't get you the price. And I, I'm not just lowballing them. There's a formula. There's a formula that you use, okay? And I'm going to give you that formula. I, I got to give you this formula. Why? Because this is something that has come up a lot with, um, uh, with the people that I've been working with that are coming over here from other programs, not all of them, but there are some programs that people are involved in. And I can tell you, uh, definitively, there are three or four people uh, that are going to be watching this and they're going to reach out and they're going to say, yep, uh, I was there. Uh, I was with that. So let me share with you this equation. So when you're making cash offers, and it's going to be different, slightly different from one market to the next, wherever you are. But when you're making cash offers, I want you to know exactly what this looks like. Okay. So it's going to be your ARV, right? Or your after repair value. Well, that's a V. 
That's your ARV, right? Times in this market, you can go 75%. That's here, that's it's a multiple, right? All right. Uh, how do you feel about making novation offers? I feel great about making novation offers. We're literally closing one next week. Uh, we, I mean, I, I love them, right? Uh, I love them. Um, but depending the, on the situation, there are um, executory contracts that you could put in place to do this as well. So, um, and that's just going to be different from state to state. Again, some states will allow you to do well, all states will allow you to do some version of it. It's just a matter of what it's called, but they all fall under the umbrella of executory contracts, okay? Executory contracts, right? But novations can work as well. So, all right, getting right back into this right here. So your ARV times 75%, right? Minus reno, minus Oops. Minus profit equals maximum allowable offer. You got it? Right? ARV times 75% minus reno minus the potential profit, you know, the profit you expect to make equals your maximum allowable offer. Does that make sense? Right? Let me see if I can get that in. It's not going to fit. It's not going to fit. Okay, that's cool. So, Write it down, everybody. ARV, or after repair value, times 75%. Now, that 75%, if you're in New York or California, or a very, very you know expensive place, that's going to be 80%. Um, other areas of the country, I know I do it at 70% a lot of times, uh, mostly in the southeast. Uh, a little bit in the Midwest, depends on where it's at. You can go to 70% right? The market will tell you if you're making a good or a bad offer. But for the sake of this conversation, it's 75%. And what does that look like numerically? Let me show you what that looks like numerically. And we're just going to pick random numbers. Let's say that the ARV was 300,000, right? Say the ARV was 300,000 times 0.75. What is that going to give us? Uh, 0.75, that's a uh, 50 to 75,000, so that's 225,000. Yep, 225,000. Oops, let me clean that up. Equals 225K. That's not going to let me. We'll just leave it there. 225000 right? Now, let's say this house, you looked at it and the rental uh, cost was, let's say it wasn't too crazy. It just needed to be painted, maybe cleaned up, maybe change a few things around, depending on what you want to do. Let's just say it was 15000 right? So you're going to now subtract the rental cost, which in this case, we'll call it 15000 There we go. 15K, that gives us 210, right? 210,000, right? Now, I don't know, what do you want to make? Let's say you want to make 10,000. We'll keep it simple. So we're going to subtract 10,000 from there again. 
and that's going to be 200,000. Okay? So your maximum allowable offer in this particular case is $200,000. That's the max that you can offer. Doesn't mean you're going to start there. Not necessarily. You're going to probably come in. Now, this is for cash purchases, right? So when I'm negotiating with someone and I'm looking at this $300,000 house and I know uh, that the renovation cost is really, really low. I mean, it's just less than cosmetics, right? It's tiny, tiny. But I know that this person is probably not going to want to take $200,000 for this house. But it is a realistic number, right? It's a realistic number. I'm probably going to start my negotiation somewhere around 185, okay, maybe 190, and then kind of go from there. But maybe they've got a price in mind that they want for the property, and they've already told me that. And I can tell them, look, I can't get anywhere near, you know, your for, with a cash offer. I can't get anywhere near uh, where you are. But listen, that's for another another next week, actually, right? <laughs> but I wanted you to have that uh, equation, right? ARV times seventy five percent, depending on where you are in the country. If you're in New York or California, it's going to be eighty. Right. Um, or, or it depends on where you are in, in those places as well. But I'm talking about in the most expensive parts. So it's going to be, you know, somewhere somewhere around it's 80 percent in the expensive, the really expensive areas. Generally speaking, you're going to be between 70 and 75 percent. So ARV times 75 percent equals reno. And, and by the way, why 75 percent? OK, very good question. 75% is because that's what the lenders are going to give, right? Hard money lenders, generally speaking. So if you're going into a, a situation where you're wholesaling deals and you know it's going to be wholesale to another investor who's going to obtain a hard money loan, 75% is what the lenders are going to give. 70 to 80%, again, depending on where it's at. So if you work your numbers from there, even if you wanted to be more aggressive and just go at 70, by all means, go ahead. You know, we know what we can do. We know where we're going to find the money. So you're going to be in there at, at, at 75%. ARV times 75% minus the rental, minus your potential profit, whatever that is, equals your maximum allowable offer. In this case, our maximum allowable offer was 200,000. You want to make sure you go below, you start below that. So you don't go above it, right? So these are the things that are super, super important when you're dealing with uh, the deals that you have before you even get to this situation. You're talking to the person. You're getting to know them. They're getting to know you. You laugh, you giggle, you make jokes. You find common ground. You find out what's important to them, okay? Because that's what is going to lead you into the closing of this deal. You find out what's important to them. If you don't find out what's important to them, they feel like you don't really care. You're only here to make a buck and they prefer just not to work with you. They're going to people work with people they like. People work with people they like. So you have to make sure that you're likable. <laughs> you got to make sure you're likable. It's as simple as that. And I know that there are um, people that simply don't, don't get it right? They just don't get it. It gets hard. Uh, you know, you're, you're watching this and you're saying, okay, sounds easy. You know, you make it sound so easy, Miles, you know, 
but I'm not making it sound easy. What I'm saying is your first call is going to be different than your 10th call. Your, your 10th call is going to be different than your 100th call. Would you agree with me that by the time you've made 100 calls, you'd be a little more comfortable with making calls? Would you agree with me that by the time you've made 100 offers, you'd be comfortable making offers? I make offers that make people uncomfortable, my cash offers anyway, but I'm giving them real numbers, right? It's not my fault that they're being unrealistic. You know, sometimes you got to get hit with the reality stick to understand what's really going on. We talk to people all the time about um, uh, doing deals, about, you know, giving them offers that insult people. These people are feeling insulted, but you're going off of an equation that even the lenders that you're going to be, you're going to be selling these properties to people whose lenders are using these exact same equations or some variation of it, but it all boils down to exactly this. And if you're not fitting into what the lenders are doing, you're going to have a hard time wholesaling any deals if you're doing cash deals, right? If you're, even if you're doing this deal for yourself, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I mean, even if you're doing this kind of a deal for yourself, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep this house, fix it up and put it in my portfolio or retail it off, whatever the case. You've got to make sure that the deals, that the numbers that you're putting forth are going to make sense based on the lending that you have in place. If you're doing cash deals or doing, you know, creative financing, things are a little bit different. Things are a little bit different. And you have to know that that's exactly how things go, right? That That's just how it is. You have to, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. I, I like to think that I'm a little likable, <laughs> you know, but it is absolutely important and imperative that you uh, make people comfortable with you and what it is you have to offer and, and, and how it is you're going to help them or provide this service to them that's going to make their life a little bit better, right? And those are some of the trainings that we go over constantly in our, in our education, right? Like, why, did, why, was, why does a person want to sell a property to you? Why would they want to do it owner financing? Man, there's so many reasons. And once you understand exactly what that is, you just go right in. You know, you just go right in. You get really good at not taking no for an answer. You get really good at making sure, you know, that you're explaining what it is you are, are working towards, what it is you're doing and how it benefits them. It, it always has to come with a benefit. You get very good at it. So don't be hung up on how difficult it is for you right now. And don't quit, you know. You have to, I mean, there's something that's driving you, right? There's something that's driving you. We meet a lot of people that just quit because it's hard. It's hard when you're a one-man band, when you're just a one-person business. It's even harder when you have a career and then you're trying to start your side hustle or another business, right? What makes it hard is the fact that you tell yourself it's hard. Hang your hat on what is most important to you, okay? Everything is difficult the first time you do it. Everything you've ever done was difficult the first time you did it. So think, of, think about that when you're, when you're getting frustrated. Think about what it means to you to, to find the success 
in this business that you desire. Because there are so many people that are going to fall out. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, April, what's going on? Good to see you. There's so many people, especially now when we have this shakeout going on in the in the uh, real estate and finance world, specifically real estate. There's so many people that are just going to quit at this, at this real estate, and they're going to watch other people make just ridiculous amounts of money because it's through chaos that opportunity is created. You do understand that, right? This is when people get wealthy. Right now, this is the beginning of it. And if you quit before you really, really get started, because it's hard, because you can't get people on the phone, they don't know your number, they don't know you, you got to stay on it. You got to make them want to do business with you by being consistent and, and having something to, that's important to you that you lean on, that drives you, right? You have to have something that drives you when, when, when others are giving up. You have to. When, when others just surrender, you know, succumb to the pressure of it all, you know, they just throw in the towel. <laughs> You've got to find something that, that speaks to you, that pulls you into the future that you desire. You've got to find it. You know, it's, it's, just, it's simply just a, I don't know, it's, it's a position that you just take. It's a decision. You've decided to draw a line, a line in the sand and that is now your stance. This is what I'm standing on. You decide to take with you what you want. You decide the life that you want to have for you. And it don't start with quitting. And I'm saying that because I know for many people right now, because I'm having these conversations, it's tough. I've talked to people that were wanted to get in real estate when everything is good and they fell away now because in their mind, it's all horrible. It's the worst situation since 2008. And that's simply not the case. It is simply not the case. I can assure you. Uh, can you make some suggestions? Can I make uh, suggestions for VAs? I need to up my game. Um, yeah, yeah, Cassandra, we can have a conversation about that. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yes, we can definitely have a conversation with that. We um, we train our VAs extensively. Uh, so we definitely have some people that we can connect you with. Uh, I will have a conversation offline with you about that. But in the event that any of you want to hire a VA, uh, shoot me a message. Let's get on the phone. Uh, we'll set an appointment, have a conversation about what that looks like and how it can how it can benefit your business. And we can go from there. And it doesn't matter if you're hiring them uh, full-time or part-time, right? If, if any of you have taken the uh, five-day real estate investors uh, marketing challenge, which by the way is free, all you have to do is hit the banner. Uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, uh, you should have been a preacher. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, take the five-day real estate investors marketing challenge. It just hit the banner if you're watching this on Facebook. If you're if you're on uh, whatever other platform you might be seeing this on, come to the Facebook group. In the you know once you get in the group, the real estate accelerators group. Hit the banner. The picture will open up, and then you will see in the description of that image a link to the five-day real estate investors marketing challenge, which again is free. You get a video every day for five days. Take the challenge, implement some of these things into your uh, business. The one of the very, the first things I tell people to do is get a VA, get a VA, get a part-time VA. I can get you a VA for $4 an hour. Okay. And, and have them work 10 hours a week. 
and take off of your plate all the mundane minutia that you don't want to do, right? <laughs> yes, that's why we call this Sunday school. Um, thank you for coming to Sunday school where I can preach the real estate gospel. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not trying to mock, but I'm just saying, you know, hire one, put one in place, have them do your day-to-day -day stuff that you don't want to do. Have them make some phone calls, have them organize your email, have them talk to everybody you don't want to talk to and get things situated for you. You know, we all have things on our plate that are small. They're like little gnats and they're always bugging us, but we know we got to get to it. Have them do that. Have them do that for you. Right. And, and giving you back 10 hours a week, you're going to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs, trying to figure out what to do with that time. And it's with that time that you can reinvest into your business because that is the best use of your time. Learning this process, putting this to work for yourself, engulfing yourself solely, wholly in this and what it means to you to find success. Now I'll get off my soapbox. Thank you so very much. Um, make sure you get back. If you have any questions about the know, like, and trust and the get information thing that we did today, as always, just inbox me. Let me know what kind of questions, concerns, comments that you have. Talk to people in the group. Ask your questions in the group as well. We have people here that are quite successful and we have people that are also trying to find their way out. Your question could help someone else, right? So let's do that. Let's, let's, let's be the community we've set out to be, right? Let's help each other. All right. So as always, y'all, this is your man, Miles. Thank you so very much. I look forward to our next Sunday school where we will explain um, options for, for making offers. Okay. So thank you again. And here's to your success. I appreciate y'all.